This is Patrick Patterson, and you're listening to the NTTB Podcast. Welcome into episode 40 of the NTTB podcast. We finally reached the uh, the 40 ounce edition of the podcast. Um, as always, I'm your host Alex, joined in by my co-host Anthony. What's good? And uh, we've kind of we have reached that point in the off season now. Uh, we've officially reached that seat that point in the season in the off season where hardly anything is happening, and baseball is taking over, and that's not necessarily a good thing. I don't know about baseball taking over. I mean, I think people. More, that's all there is right now. No, I think people are more excited about NFL preseason starting, which means you know we're down. I think it's down to thirty-two days to kick off. Something like that. We, we had a game, the, right? We had a preseason. The game. Hall of Fame yeah, game, we had the Hall and of Fame then game. we have a full schedule this weekend, so all the preseason games come, and we'll know that the uh, of course college football starts like a week or two before the NFL does. So yeah, we're right around the corner for football season. So. Yeah, we are. Man, I. T- I like baseball. Don't get me wrong, but it's kind of boring. I mean, when when you compare it to the action packed, the action packed pace that the NBA has and the action packed pace that the NFL has, um, it could be a little bit boring. I think I think baseball gets an unfair rap um, mm. because there's a there's a lot of teams in because baseball really doesn't have like a a salary cap, so there's no high, there's no low. Yeah. Uh, some teams are going to be rebuilding and they're just going to be garbage. And so those games are not fun to watch. I mean, you have the game like on right now, like the Red Sox versus Yankees. It's last I checked was still zero zero. Mm-hmm. You got like an intense duel uh, between pitchers and a rivalry going on. And, you know, the, the Red Sox have handed, you know, my Yankees yeah. three, three L's already. Yes, they have. Uh, Sanchez and, and, uh, and judge are on the, I don't want to hear that, man. Just saying, Oh. Uh, <laughs> So I, I think they get an unfair rep. I will say baseball is a lot more active and more fun to watch in person. Mm-hmm. But you get the right matchup. Baseball can be intriguing. No, it can. It can. Don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, like I love I love playoff baseball because it kind of becomes kind of win or go home type situations. Especially if you know you got a close game. You know you get into the later innings. Uh, you know of it, and it's just it's just more exciting. But I mean, a hundred and sixty two games worth of it. It's a long season. It is a very long, it's a season. long it's, season. And I mean, I kind of feel. I mean, I know they they don't do as much per se as basketball players do or as NFL players do. You know, as far as pace of play type thing. You know, it's, it's a lot of standing around. It's a lot of except for the pitchers, but it's a lot of just standing around waiting for something to happen. Um, and then that that kind of put that kind of permeates through the TV whenever you're watching. It. It's just like okay, waiting for something to happen. Yeah, waiting. but these dudes have to stay ready at all times. Oh, I know the ball that. Be coming their way without in the blink of an eye, especially when you're playing the infield. Outfield, you can relax a little bit more, but mm-hmm. you better be on your toes when that ball is. You know, when you hear that crack of the bat. Yeah, I mean, 162 games is a long season. And here's the thing: like, I never, I never played baseball. I know you did, yeah, yeah. so. You know, maybe you have a little bit of a different perspective if you did play it. Um, what happened? Uh, update, Boston is up one nothing. Oh, yeah, I already told you that. Uh, yeah, hip hip hooray. I, I mean, have, I'm not surprised at all. I must have blocked it out of my memory. I, 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 
<laughs> I'm not surprised at all. I mean, Boston has been whooping y'all's butt yeah, the whole yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slow your roll. Whooping we play the 18 entire, games. Whooping the entire, you know, basically the entire major leagues the whole season. So, you know. But this is not a baseball podcast. This is not a Red, a Red Sox podcast or a damn Yankees podcast. This is a, uh, a Thunder podcast. So this week uh, we did get a little sneak peek into – not necessarily anything major, uh, but we did get a a little run from the Thunder versus other players. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, we kind of saw the same thing last year. Mm-hmm. It seems like this is what uh, players are doing a lot now is yeah. getting together in small groups, kind of basically playing pickup basketball, but you're talking about NBA-level talent. Uh-huh. Uh, and so, so we saw a little bit of this last year, kind of like Paul George and Russ mm-hmm. and Hoodie Mello. Uh, and this we time, didn't well we didn't see Hoodie, Hoodie Mello because remember he wasn't a part of the Thunder until darn near oh, well, yeah, training that's true, camp. That's true. Um, uh, but, but but yeah, we did see a little bit at 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 uh, Mello's gym. There we go. Yeah, yeah. But we didn't see that's, Paul that, well, that's there. what I meant. Yeah. Um, and now we get to see you know out of UCLA they had a small little run out there. I guess the guy's name is Rico Hines. I guess that's the guy who organizes right. everything, right. and so it's called a Rico Hines run. Um, and so the first run. Uh, was earlier in the week, and it was it, it featured a lot of Russell Westbrook. You know, he's a UCLA guy. Right, makes sense. And, and a lot of the young guys uh, that are on the Thunder. So Hamadou Diallo, uh, Deontay Burton, Terrence Ferguson, Davon Hall, um, and Kyle Singler was there. <laughs> hey, man, you know, <laughs> look, here's what I'm going to tell you. I, say, I used to laugh at Brian Scalabrini for the Boston Celtics. Uh-huh. Brian Scalabrini, I was like, what is this dude out there, right? Yeah. But <clears throat> Brian Scalabrini won a ring. With uh, Boston uh-huh. and Brian Scalabrini, you know, everybody used to say the same thing about Brian Scalabrini. Brian Scalabrini put his money where his mouth is. He put out a little tournament out there, mm. and he was like, yo, anybody that can beat me, I think it was a million dollars on the line or whatever. Yeah. And of, I think there was like five to ten players, ten people that challenged him. Mm-hmm. The most anybody scored on – or the in total, mm-hmm. two points were scored against him. Oh, I, listen. An NBA listen. player is still an NBA player. No, listen. So there's, there's this guy that also covers the Thunder. His name is uh, A. Suave Francisco. And, uh, or that's his, that's his Twitter handle. I, I, that's his real name. That's an awesome name. <laughs> I mean, his parents did a great job. Uh, but, uh, but he put out something that said basically, um, you know, Kyle Singler, anybody on my timeline, Kyle Singler would beat anybody on my timeline. And it's basically the, yeah. you know, that's the truth. I mean, there's, like, you don't sign – there's no loyalty contracts in the NBA. Either you're good – you know, like in the like major leagues, like Mike Piazza was a, was a loyalty contract. Like, he was picked in the final rounds because his uncle or somebody – hold yeah. on, hold on. His uncle or somebody was friends – Tommy Lasorda. Yeah, it was Tommy Lasorda. Tommy Lasorda was his and uncle. And he said, look, let's draft him. He's, you know, he has a little bit of talent, but of course he didn't have first-round talent. He had, like, 47th-round talent. And they drafted, and eventually, like, I guess he worked and worked and worked and worked and became the Mike Piazza, the Hall of Famer that we know. There are no loyalty draft, you know, there are no loyalty signings in the NBA. These guys are one of the top five to 600 players in the world, and Kyle Singler is one of them. You know, Kyle Singler, like, he, like a whole bunch of people talk trash on Twitter, like, they can beat him. Bro, you would get worked. You, Look, you, you, know, you would get worked. And it wouldn't even be funny. Like, Singler would be dunking on you. Where did Kyle Singler go to college? He went to Duke, and he was a great player at hey, Duke. I'm sure Mike Krzyzewski doesn't recruit no, dudes just because. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. 
And, you know, Kyle Singler's out here living his best life. You know, Kyle Singler's making $5 million. He's got, I mean. To be a team guy. To be a team guy, number one. Well, stay ready when needed. And apparently he's a pretty good team guy because the Thunder aren't in the business of keeping malcontents or keeping um, cancerous people in the locker room. So apparently, you know, he does what he has to do to stay on the team and keep earning that paycheck. Um, so, yeah, he's over there, he's over there playing with uh, – with Russ, and he got a little bit of run on you know on the on the videos that I saw. He got a little bit of run, you know. They were putting in ha- him out there against another white guy, Bryce Alford, and they were just trading another threes. UCLA uh, alum is he? Yeah, Bryce Alford played at UCLA. Yeah, but that name. So that name goes back to Indiana, I think. Somehow, in there, Steve Alford. Yeah, yeah Steve, Steve Alford. That's his dad, right? Yeah, but I think I'm pretty. Sh- I'm almost positive Bryce went to UCLA. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And I think that I don't. I don't know if the Thunder. They didn't draft him, but I don't know if they had him on a summer league team or something like that. I, I, think, I, think, they, I think he was on the summer league yeah, team. Yeah, he was on the Thunder summer league team one year. Like, it wasn't like this year or last year, but it was like a couple years ago. Um, but, yeah, so there was a the run there. And let me tell you, man, like, they play rough. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, it's, reg- <laughs> it's regular street ball. They're just playing inside a, you know, UCLA facility. I mean, I was watching some of that, and I saw some of the tumbles that, uh, that, that Westbrook took, and I was like, ooh, like, it kind of, like, Take it easy, yeah. Russell. Look, I saw. <laughs> I was watching that, and I was like, "Okay, Russ out here getting banged on yeah. at the rim, like he does in the NBA." Uh, but I mean, hey, if <laughs> I mean that's he just only him, he only has one speed, yeah, and that's go. And so, you know, as much as we applaud it in season, I guess we, you know, it's part of his DNA. I guess we have to applaud it in the off season. Also, um, the only thing is, you know, the man's approaching thirty. You know, it's kind of like, <laughs> bro, you know, chill, but. You know, steel sharpens steel. So I guess you know if, if you're gonna get ready for the for the league. Well, the good thing is you is gotta that play like that. He's playing with the young guys, Hammy, Deontay, mm. T. Ferg, and all that, and he's letting them know. Look, you either at this speed or you're not at this. That's speed. good. Yeah, that is. That's very like, true. Like this is the speed I play, so be ready to play this speed. And I think those guys like that speed. That's the thing. Like I think they tried. The older veteran thing last year where a whole bunch of veteran players and older players, and I think – I don't think Russell was there yet. He still wants to play fast. Mm-hmm. He still wants to play quick, um, fast pace, defensive, you know, so quick defense to offense type thing. Um, and so I think the team noticed that, and the team says, you know what, the games whenever Russell took over and played like Russell last they season, fast. they played fast, yeah. they played well. You know, there were – Quick trigger. Um, the games where he tried to slow down and maybe appease, or not appease, but uh, maybe play more to Carmelo's strengths, are the games where there seemed they, to be they a... They were uh, battle back and forth. Well, that, not just that, but it seemed like a uh, like a fight within Russell as to what to do. Yeah. You know, so you, you don't want somebody out there, especially the leader of your team, you don't want him thinking too much. Yeah, second-guessing him, himself. Exactly. You want him playing like he plays. Well, I also think the speed works in Paul George's favor, too, because mm-hmm. it's less time for him. You know, we talked about, you know, when he was a ball handler, sometimes he felt uncomfortable. Yeah. At a fast-paced thing, uh, it's less time for him to think he's going to make a decision and then follow through with that and then, you know, mm-hmm. find the best option after that. Yeah. I think that plays into Paul George's favor for him to basically grab the ball when needed to and, you know, all right, I'm either taking it into the hole or I'm kicking it out, mm-hmm. and boom, boom, those are my options. Yeah, And, I mean, so, so you watch those videos, and, of course, a lot of it was focused on uh, Russell Westbrook. But I tell you what, Hamadou looked good. Yeah, the, I mean, the young Hamadou, guys look good. Hamadou, what I want. You know, he looked good. Deontay Burton looks like 
but like the thing, here's the thing. Like whenever we watch this, it's kind of like watching summer league. Like they're not necessarily playing against the best of the best. Mm-hmm. And so I do temper expectations a little bit when I see this. Um, but there, there is obvious talent there. You know what uh, Deontay reminded me of? Of what? You remember uh, uh, like four or five years ago, Big Baby Davis? Really? Glenn Davis. And in this respect, okay. you remember when Glenn Davis first got there, and I think he first got there with Boston, right? Mm-hmm. He was the dude that they threw in there and would bang with dudes. Yeah, the energy he, guy. He would bang dudes and get to the basket. That's <laughs> that is, he would bang dudes. Okay, <laughs> you know he would crash the boards. He, he would, just got out of jail. <laughs> he would body up dudes yeah, and and get to the basket. Right. Uh-huh. That's what Burton reminds me of. Except I think he has a better offensive talent. I think I think he, I, I think he plays more wing than does um, Big Baby yeah, Davis, which yeah. is why I, as far as that comparison goes, I didn't really see it. Um, he reminds me of Lance Stevenson. So somebody that is... He's going to blow in LeBron's ear? Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, let, let's, say, let's say you're a year or two down the line, and let's say the Lakers have acquired those pieces that they need and their young guys have developed, and so they're a Western Conference power. Mm. You know, when he's out there, let's say LeBron's, LeBron is still playing the way that LeBron plays in two years. Mm-hmm. You know, what's, better, what's a better guy to kind of get LeBron tired, LeBron tired, uh, than say a guy that's, you know, probably as thick as he is, can maybe hang with him on the perimeter as far as speed goes. Yeah, just put your body on him exactly, and make Exactly, yeah, work. and that's yeah. the thing, that's the thing with uh, Lance Stevenson is Lance Stevenson, you know, he was a bigger guy, a bigger body, and he stayed with LeBron, and he kind of, you know, you tire him out. You're never going to stop a guy like LeBron. Just oh, like he made him work for it a little exactly. bit harder. Just like you're never going to you know, stop a guy like Westbrook. Uh, but you just hope that you get him tired in the fourth quarter to where they're missing their shots. Or frustrated and he gets off his own game. Exactly, yeah, you know, which, which is what Stevenson did to LeBron a couple times. It's either going to be a mental thing mm-hmm. or it's going to be a physical thing. Yeah, but I mean, the, like he handles the ball very well. Saying. And the only reason I, the comparison I made to Big Baby is mm-hmm. that he's a dude that's like willing to use all of his body weight. Yeah, you don't, like you look at him, you're like, there's no way, the, the dunks that he does. Yeah. Like he had that dunk in, in the second run that they had where it was a, a lot more of the, of the Thunder players. And like he went up and literally like he put his left arm out and then dunked it. Like in order like to shoot it away from the guy. And yeah. then like, like you don't see stuff like that normally with guys that big. You know, they're usually more, you know, they're, the gravity pulls them down to the ground a lot quicker. And, we're, and honestly, you're going to see that even more next year uh, during this upcoming NCAA season. But next year in the NBA with mm. Zion Williamson, who was listed exactty. at six foot eight, 290, 285 pounds. Currently that's in the big. NBA, <laughs> there is one dude who weighs more than him, and that's Boban. Really? He weighs 290. Dang. He's also seven foot Six, Six or five, yeah, like yeah, seven foot four. But he weighs two ninety. Boban is the only dude that has more weight than Zion Williamson. You know, a player like that, like like I see Burton, I see uh, Williamson, and I just worry about like their knees or their back. You know, yeah. I just worry about. But I mean, so the thing with Burton is he's not a first round pick, so you're not paying him like X oh, amount. Yeah, of, yeah, you know, well, my, my thinking with this, you know, my thinking is especially with them with. Us seeing him hanging around Russell and the team so much, I think whenever they do what they do with Singler, whatever that's going to be, I think he's going to take that 15th spot. I think they got him on the two-way contract just as a holder, uh, but I think he's going to take that 15th spot, and then you know the team goes from there. Yeah. Um, I, I don't necessarily know what the – because there is a 
I think there is a a deadline that your two way players can be signed to. It's something you know. It's something yeah, like it's that. But um, I, I think the Thunder are gonna see what they do he's with Singler get that, uh, and get th- that. So you think he's gonna get like that T Ferg treatment where they're just gonna throw him out there sometimes, kind of see what he's got? No, I don't. I don't think. I don't think he's gonna get as much. Maybe a little. I don't think he's gonna get it. I, I, I don't think this year is the year for Burton or Diallo. I think next year, I think they're going to figure out what they're going to do with the wing situation because they have a ton of wings. You know, you got TLC mixed in there. You yeah. got T-Ferg. You got Abrinas. You got so you got all these players mixed in there. And then you're talking about Robertson. How does he play? How does he come back? Is he, is he Robertson? Yeah. Or, you know, does the, does the injury hamper him? And then Or is he like Cephalosha the year he came back from the – Exactly. From the so so it, there is a lot of questions to, ask, to, be, asked, to be answered this upcoming season about the wings. Um, so that, so that was the first run. And then the second run, uh, was, uh, it was Russ and the young guys. And then in addition, you had PG out there, you had Steven Adams out there and you had Dennis Schroeder out there. And that looked great also. But again, the talent that you're playing against is not NBA talent, but you know, there were some plays out there that you looked at and you looked at, uh, you know, you looked at Steven Adams setting, you know, nice screens for PG to get around and shoot that little mid-range jumper. You saw um, a little bit of maybe Russell playing off the ball where Shooter handles it and then zips it to right. him. And I, I did see you that. Know, you, you I see think you kind of it kind of looked like the couple of offensive shots you see of Steven Adams, like he's maybe you know working to to better his moves. Yeah, and put in new moves, and he looked a little bit slimmer, just a little bit. Well, you know that superhero life does that to you. Yeah, there you go. but I, I think so. I think Adams is starting to head into his NBA years. Like, and, and I mean, what I mean by that is, so you know, he's been in the league five years now. This is, I mean, he's been in the league four years now, and so I'm pretty sure the first four seasons, maybe he was eating whatever he wanted because you know he's young, mm-hmm. metabolism, things of that nature. I think last year he noticed that if I'm going to put in a full season and I'm going to be a workhorse like I am, I need to treat my body better. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe he has to lose a couple pounds. You know, when you're an athlete, just the loss of even five pounds makes that much more difference. Yeah, or, or transform your body. Yeah. So you're not necessarily losing or gaining anything, but you're mm. – you're, uh, putting stuff into your body. You're working things where maybe your muscles work differently now. Either that or, or you're working – Different muscles, like right. he, like maybe he's developing his core, like his back, and his you know things of that nature. Um, so he did look a little bit better out there, um, and it's just I mean it looked good. Again, this is a you know yeah, this is I a pre training like, you know. camp off season run, not against you know usual NBA talent. I think they had like a a G League player out there. I think that's that's uh, recognizable from the blue, um, but it, I mean it looked good. It was it looked fun. It, it hyped looked, me up a little bit. Yeah, it looked promising but you know we also saw the same thing last year with the hoodie mellow videos and yeah so you know you got to take it with a grain of salt uh you like the potential of mm-hmm. talent that you got there you like the potential of the combinations yeah. uh and you know if everything works out there's a lot of different combinations you can throw out there yeah. and not lose a step mm-hmm. now let's see how they you know they grow and everything you know fl- you know when you play nba level talent NBA-level defenses. How it translates. You know, exactly. Yeah. And, I mean, Robertson was out there also. He wasn't out there on the floor, uh, but he was, you know, off to the side shooting or whatever and kind of practicing on his own. So it's good that they're still, you know, he's still there within the team. I mean, he's, there's, there's nothing out there to say that he isn't, but 
you know, it's good that well, within just, the rehab, he's still yeah. with the team and he's still part of the team. I think people outside of Oklahoma City or that don't follow this team or are not fans of this team don't understand the importance that Robertson has no. to this team. <laughs> they, they just they underestimate it. They don't. They see the missed free throws. They see yeah. The, all they see is a, somebody who can't shoot. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know, man. They're like, like they don't. They didn't. You know, people have very short memories, and they don't, they don't remember what this team was becoming before Robertson went down with his injury. Uh, this team was it's going to be great. You know, I, I think I think Melo would have worked with Robertson out there the whole season, um, but you take Robertson out of the mix. Well, I, we we're looking up. I was looking at an article on Bleacher Report mm. uh, ranking all thirty projected starting five, and Oklahoma City came in at number seven. Yeah. Uh, and the main thing that I got out there uh, was that last year people don't realize that the qu- quartet of Adams, Roberson, uh, George, and Westbrook were a wrecking crew. It literally the the article literally says they were a demolition crew. Yeah, they were plus They're, thirteen. They were plus thirteen per hundred possession uh, possessions, and they were also like a ninety four point five on defensive on rating. defensive rating. And the entire the lowest one in the entire NBA last year was one hundred one point five. Yeah, these dudes were bad together. Yeah, they were. So if he comes back, you know, if he comes back to being, let's not say 100% Dre, let's say 80% Dre, this team will be so much better than it was last season. Um, So, yeah, so, I mean, it looked good. You know, again, the caveat being, you know, they're not playing against NBA talent, um, but it is good that they're getting out there, um, that they're working together, and that they're, you know, getting to know each other's nuances. You know, the whole – the whole, you know, Russell Westbrook, uh, Dennis Schroeder thing, you know, they're going to be playing together sometimes. And so who's going to be off the ball? Who's going to be handling the ball most uh, during that time? It's something that, you know, probably needs to be figured out now instead of being figured out 20 on, games into the yeah, season. on the fly. Exactly, which is, I think, what happened with Melo is that we tried to figure things out on the fly, and it didn't really work out. And so it became, you know, something that started off experimentally and eventually throughout the season went downhill. Um, so yeah, so, um, as of August 2nd, um, Abdel Nader's contract was guaranteed for the entire season. So the whole, uh, 1.37 million. Um, so, so I guess the Thunder see something in him. Um, what player, I mean, mean, if you're going to compare him, like, like what I compare him to is, is another one of those shooters. So Daquan Cooks, the Anthony Morrow, just somebody that he catch and shoot, catch and shoot. He's real good at it. Um, and just not really too much of anything else. Like, he wasn't very good on creating his own shot. He wasn't very good on regular twos. And he wasn't very good from the free throw line. But, you know, catch and shoot threes, he was real good. And so in an offense that has PG, that has Schroeder, that has Westbrook, um, he may be able to get a couple of those in the game. Yeah, I mean, he's listed at six foot seven, 230 pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking at his numbers in the regular season. He was a 35% free throw, the three-point shooter. Yeah. Um, you know, thirty-three percent field goal makes. Yeah, so not not good, not great. Yeah. He's a sixty percent free throw shooter. I think he's gonna be he's gonna be a, a he's gonna have he's gonna be a, a specific role player type thing. Like he's gonna be situational. There we go, yeah. situational role player. I don't think he's gonna be out there. You know, whenever the the playoff lineups are, are you know come out and things of that nature, your rotation when it gets shortened more than likely is not gonna include Nader. Unless you need spacing, unless yeah. you need three point shooting out there. I mean, I just I haven't seen a whole lot of him, mm-hmm. so I don't know a hundred percent where he's going to fit in. 
Yeah. Uh, the only thing really is that I knew he's at least 35% three-point shooter, which is about average, if not a little bit above average for NBA players. It's, I mean, so in the context of the Thunder, who needs shooting. Right. It's, it's great. It's great. So, yeah. you know, I just, I just I don't know. At six foot seven, my guess is he's going to be like small forward, maybe stretch four. Yeah, he's. I mean, uh, he's kind of. He's kind of big, you know. He's a, so I mean, you're looking at competing then against Patterson or Grant. Yeah, I think with playing time, he's going to be probably a three, a stretch four, because he has a seven foot wingspan. Yeah. So. Um, so he has the, you know, he has the wingspan to kind of. Oh, they play list him a, here as a small shooting guard. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't see that. I think he's too slow footed to be a shooting guard. Um, I, I do see him possibly getting some some small ball four type minutes. You know, you have a lineup out there that maybe has Westbrook, George. You know, you can line up anywhere and have him just stay on the on the thing and provide spacing. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so we're looking at this team. You know, we constantly talk about you know the starting lineup of Robertson, Westbrook, George, and Adams. You know, the one question out there. I mean, there's actually two questions because it may be a possibility that Robertson doesn't necessarily start the season. You know, they may work him in. You know, yeah, kind of slowly to, to yeah save him. Yeah. So. At power forward, of course, you got two options. You're either going to have Jeremy Grant or you're going to have uh, Patrick Patterson. I mean, a dark horse third option would be maybe Nerlens. I don't think at power forward, though. Like, for, this, for what this team needs, this team needs spacing, you yeah. know, especially Westbrook and George. So I don't think you want to have him and Adams clogging up the middle. Um, so who you got? My guess is mm-hmm. I think you're going to go with Patterson initially. And I think somewhere during the season, Grant takes over. You think? I think so. Yeah. I think Patterson's going to get it, and I think Patterson's going to provide that floor spacing um, that they need. I mean, Patterson's never really been a starter-type type player. Um, he's always been coming off the bench. But, you know, I like the ability for him to stretch the floor. I like his IQ. You know, he's able to, to move the ball. And one of the things that you're going to need in this offense is ball movement. You know, you're going to need somebody. The thing about, about Melo is that when he got the ball, it stuck to his hands. Mm-hmm. And so that killed any type of offensive flow that you may have had. Um, so I do think Patterson goes out there, gets a starting nod. He's good at, he's good at defense. He's good at switching well, I think- onto, uh, onto smaller, smaller guards. Um, and I do think, I think that, that kind of just works out for the Thunder. A lot better than Grant. I think Grant has the ability to start, don't get me wrong. Um, but I think Grant, regardless of how much they pay him, he's better used probably as a six-man coming off the bench. I'm pretty sure him – the thing is, he could come off the bench and still get more minutes than Patterson. Yeah, like a, like a death lineup kind of guy. He's yeah. like an uh, Andre Iguodala type guy that comes in at this you know, yeah, six-man. The, man the good like thing that. about Grant is, hell – not just a four. You can put him as a as a stretch five. Yeah, if you need if you want to go small to. ball. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And still have height out there, mm-hmm. like ridiculous height. Uh, the thing I like about Patterson is that he's gonna make the right pass. So yeah. if uh, he's the type of dude that you know running on the wing gets it on the wing, the guy charges out of him. He sees a cutting Adams. He's gonna dump it down to Adams mm-hmm. for the basket. You know, eventually that ends up you know being taken away, and then he's still open for the three pointer or step in seventeen yeah. eighteen footer. Uh, that so, and he's he's a good three he's a good uh, free throw shooter, which is something that, you know, <laughs> we don't have a lot of. Well, no, it's not that. It's I, I think there's possibly th- 
three or four or five games last year that we lost because of poor free throw shooting. If we would have hit our normal, you know, what we normally hit, we would have won those games. Yeah. You know, there were some games last year that were brutal, that were they were horrible. Wasn't, uh, wasn't the uh, Brooklyn game in Mexico City like a free throw? It was something like that. Something I, like yeah. that that led to. But it was just, yeah, it, it, the free throw shooting in some games was horrible. Um, and so I think Patterson out there, he's, he's a good th- uh, free throw shooter. You know, it just helps to kind of level the playing field a little bit. Um, so, you know, this past week, Paul George had his, uh, his fishing event, um, his little fishing tourney that he likes to have. And so Russ was out there. Dre was out there. And apparently Abdel Nader was out there. It just it looked kind of weird having like Russ, Dre, and PG, and all of a sudden, like, oh yeah, there's other dude. Guy. Yeah, hey, it's Nader out here. Uh, but yeah, they all participated with him in the event. And I mean, just it just looked like a good kind of like a team building, team bonding type. Look, type these moment. NBA players like to fish. Apparently, yeah. I mean, and I'm surprised Raymond Felton wasn't out there. I think he's you know he said that he's he likes yeah, to I fish. Think he, yeah, I think he did say. Does, I'm surprised Patterson, Patterson wasn't yeah, out there. But Patterson, he was doing his uh, his basketball camp in West Virginia, Huntington, oh, okay. West Virginia. I was about to say, that's like right up Patterson's alley. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it looked like a fun time. But the big news out of there was, what the hell did Dre do with his beard? Mean, I mean, not Dre, PG. Uh, PG. What did PG, you know, PG was out there looking like every 90s R&B <laughs> superstar out he there. He trimmed it down to just the chin and the little stash. Man, he looked complete. I mean, he looks he looks young. He looks like. Yeah, I mean, look, we hadn't, you know, we haven't seen him clean shaven like that or, you know. Ever. Trimmed down for, <laughs> for a long, long like time. Like Oklahoma so. City has never seen that. Yeah, so, I mean, it was, I think it was pretty cool. I mean, it was all right. maybe he becomes more aerodynamic that way. Maybe. I mean, my thing is, is like, is he going to be like out here, you know. Like an R. Kelly's nineteen, like nineteen ninety R and B dude out here on the basketball court, <laughs> just lulling everybody to sleep. Yeah, it, it looked weird. It looked different. It looked weird. But hey, a pretty you know, whenever you see something like that, that's never a dude's thing. That's always the girlfriend of the wife saying, "Honey, hmm. you should try this. I think you'd look good in this." He's trying to get a little bit rough, you know, in the face. Maybe you should trim it down a little bit. Okay, just for you. And, you know he's he's kind of a family guy now, so Damn. so maybe you know maybe it was, it was it was a girlfriend that asked him to do that. I need to I need to find out her name. I hate calling and just say his girlfriend or his his spouse, fiance or whatever. Gotcha. Um, because you know anytime we mention Westbrook and his wife, we all say Nina, because Nina's like family to us. You know, so kind of get we kind of got to know we have to get to know Paul George's Daniela Ratchik. Daniela Rajic. And I apologize if I butchered that last name. It is R A J I C. Sounds like Rajic to me. She's Rajic. Hey, Daniela or Daniela? Is it Daniela or Daniela? Daniela. Daniela Rajic. Okay, from here on out. Why'd you why'd you open your eyes like that? Is she a looker? No, I mean, you know, she, you know, Paul George's <laughs> uh mother of his children is, is she's a very lovely lady. Uh-huh. And she's you know, she's a uh, model and dancer. Um, so, oh, is she now? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you, you kind of put like the emoji eyes thing just kind of popped up in your head when you were looking. Oh no, I was just looking. Oh at, man, you I, got kind of loud. Sorry, right? yeah. Calm down. No, there. I was just reading like her, you know the five facts to know about you know his girlfriend. That's oh, what okay. So Mrs. Ragic. All right, sounds good. All right. So um, in other Thunder news, so Dennis Schroeder he got engaged. I guess that's the thing to do now on this team is either you know. Get engaged, have kids. I you mean, join the Thunder, you get engaged. Because <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think isn't Terrence Ferguson? He's expecting his first child. He's also. expecting his first child. Yeah, yeah. So damn. I mean, it's in the water. Apparently, yeah, apparently. 
So she said yes, apparently. That's what he put on his Instagram. Um, so Stephen Adams, another interesting bit. Stephen Adams putting uh, Reggie Jackson on blast. So our boy uh, Thunder Chats, I guess he got the, uh, he got the book, um, the Stephen Adams autobiography book, and then one of the big parts in there was talking about you know, the, like basically the final season of Reggie Jackson and how that locker room kind of had become a little bit toxic with him there. And, you know, you know, the Thunder are, are, are a team that if you don't want to be there, they don't want you to be there. You mm-hmm. know, you have to want to be there to be in that locker room. And so he put out a couple excerpts from that. So in one of the excerpts, Adams mm-hmm. calls Jackson a fool for thinking he should have started over Westbrook. Yeah. And wrote the Thunder forgot about him pretty quickly following his trade to Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, you know that uh, Royce Young reported Jackson standing with the Thunder was deteriorating through the season, in part because of his refusal to play in a November game because he was upset about not being traded. Yeah, um, and I remember then that. You have, of course, the famous quote from Westbrook saying, we have a chance of winning a championship. And if Reggie Jackson is not here, we still have a chance of winning a championship. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I, I remember that pretty that season was the season of. You know, the seven curses from the Bible, basically, yeah. where, you know, Russ got hurt, Durant got hurt. You know, that was the season, what? That was the broken foot season. Mm-hmm. And in that season, Westbrook also suffered a broken hand. Um, what else? Or was that, that the, the broken hand or the broken face? Did he take the elbow to the eye? I think it was, that was the same season. That was the same season that happened. I think Stephen Adams suffered a broken hand that season. So he was out for like 20 games. And it was just, it was a season where we needed our top young guys to step up. You know, that was the season that Perry Jones had a 32-point game in the, right. beginning of the, in the beginning of the season type thing. So we needed him, Jeremy Lamb. But the biggest guy that we needed to step up was Reggie Jackson. And so the first game that he's available, the first game that we need him to, to step in, he basically says, you know, I'm going to sit out this game because, well, I, I forgot what it was. Like, it was some, 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 some you know, made-up illness or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. I mean that that whole Reggie Jackson that that whole Reggie Jackson scenario was it was something that like the whole like the you gotta understand we're a young franchise. So looking at that scenario play out, you know you could see that the Thunder as a team, the culture within that within that team was basically saying, "Look, you don't want to be here. You can go ahead and pack your bags and get out of here." Yeah. You know, and so we traded him basically for a guy that fell in love with the Thunder. We traded him for Ennis Canner, mm-hmm. you know, basically. And another thing in that season, I think, was they brought in, uh, two months earlier, they brought in Dion Waiters. And so I'm pretty sure Reggie Jackson saw the writing on the wall when she brought in Dion Waiters um, to, to kind of do that. But, yeah, I mean, he has, he has a chapter. I'm guessing this is a chapter in here mm-hmm. in the book. That's uh, the title of that chapter is Say a Prayer for My Testicles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he talks about it. He says, the first kick to my private region was actually the fourth time I ended up on the floor of that game. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. That's, it, it seems like a great book. <laughs> I, need, I need to get that book. Look, he says, it was a natural movement, but that didn't make it hurt any less. Well, no, he's talking about, so Draymond drove to the basket on one, and he put his right, knee out. Right, the floater, and he yeah. hit him with the knee. He yeah, but he said it was a natural movement, but it didn't make it hurt any less. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it looks like a great book. And, you know, you know, we've seen, we've experienced four years of Stephen Adams, and we've experienced four years of how, you know, seeing life through his eyes. And so this book, I'm pretty sure, is no different than that. So, 
you know, I can't wait to get this book, and I'm pretty sure this book will be one of those things that you don't put down at all until you reach the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a bit of good news. I mean, it's all good news, but a, a bit of great news. Uh, so, Russ and Nina are expecting their second child. Go, guys. I all mean, right. hey, another another prince or princess of the prairie coming in. You know, we already got Noah. Um so Noah's going to be a big brother. No, Noah's going to be a big brother. And so our boy Thunder Chats, he asked me a question. He said, what should Russ and Nina name their next baby? And you had a pretty good suggestion. So I have two different thoughts on this one. Okay. The first suggestion, which is the one that you like, you should name this kid Legend. Just name him Legend. Legend Westbrook. It works for both, it works for both genders. I mean, Legend it's Westbrook. Unisex. Yes. Uh, you're putting your child out there. Why not? We've heard worse names. Mm-hmm. You just go ahead and, you know, stake your, plant your flag in Oklahoma. Legend. I like that. Legend Westbrook. Now, the, my second thought on that uh-huh. is he can go a la George Foreman and just name all his kids Noah. No, nah, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. No, I'm, I'm not down with that. But I do love, I do love Legend. I, I, I think that would be, that would just be awesome to name somebody Legend. Um, it's a lot to live up to. I mean, you have, uh, let's see. I believe uh, there is a rapper who's – oh, uh, Omari Omar, – uh, Omari – Omarion? Omarion from B2K. He named his kid Mega. Mega. Yeah. Uh, there are, like, people who name their kids, like, King and, like, Prince and stuff like that. Yeah. But, like, Legend just has that ring to it. Where, like, where you walk down the hall, you're like, oh, my God, there goes a legend. <laughs> so, I mean, so – like I look at this and I think of all the Kardashian kids' names, and so you look at Kim's kids, Kim Kardashian with yeah. Kanye, and so you have Saint West, you have Northwest, and you have and Chicago. Chicago West, and then you know, of course, you had you know, was it Chloe? Was it Chloe with Tristan? True. Her name is True, and then you had Stormy was with Kendall or Kylie. Yeah, Kylie and uh, Travis Scott. Travis Scott, yeah, and then you had uh, so I, I think Courtney. She's the one that had just. Her, but her kids are like traditional names, yeah, like tradition. Penelope and Mason. Ooh, crap! Yeah. Uh, so, and then who's Rob? Okay, Rob. What is, what did he name? Then Rob Dream. Had, Dream. Him and Black China had their baby girl's name is Dream. Yeah, yeah. I like Legend. I like that for either either sex, either gender. It works. Legend Westbrook. There you go. There you go, America. There you go, Russell. When you name your child Legend, give this uh, podcast a but shout I mean, out. Considering who the person is, like. Isn't that like the most fitting name ever for Russell Westbrook? I mean, be like, you, nah, this child's gonna be called Legend. I mean, can you imagine like a fashion line, like a kid's fashion line, Legend Jeans? So, you know, honor the gift, and then you know his honor the gift line, and then the subline is there, Legend. Hey, hey, go ahead and give us a call, Westbrook. <laughs> we'll go ahead and help you out. We'll market this kid from the womb, turn this kid into a uh, into a, a superstar before even you know before it ever comes out. Um, so. We did have a little game um, here recently. So on Saturday, uh, Team Africa played Team World, and Team World won 96 to 92. Uh, the MVP, the Manute Bowl MVP of the game was uh, Danilo Gallinari. He had 23 points for Team World. But uh, Joel Embiid on Team Africa, he had 24 points and seven rebounds. Luol Dang had 14 points. So uh, Luol Dang looked a little bit thick out there. Like, like, he hadn't played basketball in about a year and a half to two years. Well, that's what happens when you get paid to stay home. Hey, he's getting paid $19 million, so 
I would stay home too. But what did he recently say? Uh, I, I remember uh, looking at it, and he was basically talking about uh, like a respect factor with the Lakers or something like that. And so I'm they like, don't want to respect him, get rid of him, or uh, send him somewhere yeah, else? Yeah, like if he's not part of the whatever, get, get rid of him. But I'm like, ain't nobody taking on your contract, nope. man. That's why they're paying you to stay home. And so for, for Team Africa, um, they're, another guy that did real good for them was uh, our boy, TLC, Timothy uh, Luwawu Cabrero. He had 16 points on 6 of 13 shooting. Uh, he was 3 of 8 from 3, so 37.5% from 3. Um, he did a lot of the things that we kind of want him to do for the Thunder. Um, so I'm a little bit excited to kind of see him out there. I know he wasn't out there with the team uh, whenever they went to UCLA, of course, because he was in Africa, you know, taking care of of his uh, responsibilities with Team Africa. Um, but he looked real good out there. I mean, he looked like somebody that that could play, that, yeah. could, that could have a, a big-time role on the Thunder. Yeah, he did look good, and I'm excited to see what's going to happen. By the way, I found the quote. This is what really threw me off. He said, if the respect and appreciation is not there, then I'd rather be elsewhere. You ain't Kobe I mean, Bryant. What appreciation are you talking if about? If I'm giving you 19 million, I don't know how much more appreciation you need. Um, yeah, I mean, Luol, I, guess, I guess he sees them signing a bunch of misfits, and Lou, I was like, "Oh snaps, I got a place on this team." And I mean, like, I would think he has a place on the team, but considering all the, uh, you would imagine, but I, I just when know. I saw appreciation, I'm like, who, who do you think you are, Kobe Bryant? I mean. It, like, it, it just seems like they're punishing him for giving him that contract. <laughs> like, damn it, if you, you shouldn't have took the money. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> but, okay, anyways, moving on. So Vegas released their um, projected wins per team. Um, and so do you want to go through every team or do you I just want to go, like, go through top quickly. eight? We can okay. go through them quickly and then uh, you just let me know yes, no, maybe so. All right. Uh, and these are in alphabetical order. They are no, they're in alphabetical order. So here we go. Atlanta, 23.5. Sounds about right. Boston at 57.5. So that I believe that is... Uh, tops, tops in the East. Tops in the East, yes. Um, Boston at 57.5. Um, hmm. I don't know, man. It seems I think, like a lot. I think, but I think the but top... But you're also gaining two All-Stars back. Well, that and I think the top teams in the East are going to feast... On that conference, so. you know, the top three or four teams on the East are going to feast on on the East. Uh, so I think fifty seven. I'll, I'll take the over on that. Uh, Brooklyn thirty two point five. Sounds about right. Charlotte thirty five point five. Yeah. Chicago twenty seven point five. Nobody gives a damn about these teams. <laughs> Cleveland at thirty point five. Ooh, dropping all the way down to thirty. With your with your MVP Kevin Love, your your newly signed Kevin Love. Yeah, that's Dallas at thirty four point five. Um, I would. I think Dallas is going to surprise a, a couple of. I people think so too. I, I think I'll take the over on that. Denver at forty-seven point five. I mean, Denver is who they are, man. Like Denver, the last two seasons have been just on the cusp of getting into the playoffs and winning about forty-four, forty-five games. Yeah. I don't, you know, I, I would hope that they would get a little bit better, but we'll see. Uh, the De- West, the West is going to be a bloodbath. Detroit at thirty-seven point five. Yeah. Sounds about right, man. I don't, I don't like Detroit's makeup. I don't like their team at all. Golden State at 62.5. I'm taking the under on this. I just don't see them expending the amount of energy that they need to win 62, 63 games. Yeah, I mean, like last year, they had the number two seed. And they were cool with that. They're and like, they were oh, okay whatever. with that, and they still won the championship yeah, pretty so. easily. Uh, you, you go ahead and tell me about Western Conference Game 7, whatever. 
you know, Chris Paul was out. I think that team was winning regardless. Mm, I disagree, but Houston fifty four point five. That's a big that that's a big drop right there. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't know. So here's the thing: I don't know if the loss of Ariza and Mambute is that big to the team, or whether adding somebody like Melo, who yes, offensively he could do something. But the amount of defensive lapses that are going to occur on that team, you know, they're going to have to outscore people. Well, now you also have three ball-dominant guys. So, like, last year you saw, you know, they started the game together and they would stagger Chris Paul and Mm -hmm. uh, Harden until the late, you know. So now you have to try to stagger three different dudes and find out which two play together better. Yeah. That's going to be interesting to see. I just – I'm I'm so interested to see the D'Antoni – mellow dynamic on this team <laughs> like no i'm for real man like like this this team was you know I, so i'll say it again this team was a game away from reaching the nba finals and beating the golden state warriors you traded a, you know not traded but you let go you know you didn't re-sign your two defensive stalwarts on the team i'm sorry click capella yeah he's the, he's the he's the man in the middle uh, but you had to have somebody guarding the perimeter well, also, James Harden wasn't doing that. The numbers show that per possessions, uh, Ariza is a better shot maker of you know making his own shot mm-hmm. than, than Melo is right now. The numbers show that. Oh uh, yeah, Tre- I mean, Trevor Ariza is a little bit better at, at creating his own shot than than Melo was, I guess, last year. If we're I, looking at it, so I just think Ariza fit his role. Yeah. So he knew what his role was. You know, you get into Melo territory. Is Melo gonna know what his role is, or is Melo gonna be like? Give me the ball in the mid post. We'll see. You got to understand that a D'Antoni offense is threes and layups. That whole mid range crap, he don't like that. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting to see. Indiana at 47.5. Yeah, I see them around there. So I think that would put them at like third in, in the, the east. east. Yeah, I think so. Uh, the Clippers at 35.5. Uh, yeah, I, I see them there. The Lakers at 48.5. Now that was it. That, that's interesting. I mean, that puts them that puts so like, them tied for fourth uh, with the Utah Jazz, who's also forty eight point five. So, like I said, I mean, I think look, the addition of LeBron is worth at least ten to twelve wins. Yeah, but see, here is my argument against that, and I am not saying that his addition is not going to bring them wins. Mm-hmm. But then those ten, I think last year it was uh, like four, a fourteen game. With LeBron, it was a plus 14. Yeah. That's the East. It's not the West. So I think that number comes down a little bit. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, so I, I would take the under on that, me personally. How far under? A couple games. You know, we're 44. talking about like 44, 45. I would mm-hmm. be comfortable taking them there. Okay. Uh, Memphis at 34.5. I mean, look. They're going to be bad. Let's just I mean, so even if, if Mike Conley and uh, – Gasol are, are healthy? Is Mike Conley still 32 years old? Something like that. Yeah, they're going to be bad. Is okay. Mark Gasol still 32, 33 years old? Something like that. Yeah, they're still going to be bad. Okay. Miami, 41.5. That puts them right in the middle in the east. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Milwaukee, 46.5. Uh, so they got so they got Indiana ahead of Milwaukee. By, by one, one game. game. Yeah. Um. I think that's like your three, yeah. four, four, five. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Minnesota, forty-four point five. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think Minnesota is gonna like you. Team chemistry is something that's very important in the NBA, and I know talent can sometimes 
you know, can sometimes win you, win you games yeah. regardless of team chemistry. Uh, but I do think there's a lot that happened on that team that will not be forgiven type thing. Uh, for the over and unders, that puts them at number eight. At eight in the West? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, New Orleans at 45.5. I think that's too high. And I'm you not saying think? I'm not saying for Boogie. I'm saying a big part of what like made New Orleans go was Rondo, and Rondo's yeah. not there. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that, and I can see I can see the loss of Rondo being something that that really haunts this team. Like I don't think Alfred Payton is going to be anywhere near what Rondo is. Um, so yeah, I, I can definitely that, see that's that. That's my concern. That's why I think it's a little high. Yeah. Uh, New York at twenty nine point five. Sounds about right. Uh, OKC at fifty point five, which is third in the West. I would take the over on that. I, I think the team. I think that's a good starting point. Yeah, I, th- I, I would. I would take the over, but I wouldn't necessarily go too crazy. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not gonna go. You know, oh, 58 wins. <laughs> I take the over. Orlando at 31.5. Sounds about right. Philly at 54.5, which puts them second in the East. Yeah. Uh, Phoenix at 28.5. Mm-hmm. Uh, Portland at 41.5. So Ooh. that puts them three spots out of the eighth place. Yeah, I could. I could definitely see that. I mean. Portland, Portland's either either feast or famine. I think Portland is a situation where they're either going to play good mm-hmm. and they're going to add a couple pieces, or they're going to play bad and Dame's out of there. And they, I th- and I think they start shipping some players out. I don't think they have the means to add too many too many players. Or well, too many you know, pieces. like a role player here or there, somebody that you know maybe they swap out somebody for a better fitting piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they're either going to be. If it goes bad, I think they're going to be sellers, and if it goes well, I think maybe they'd be a buyer. Um, so maybe maybe a third team in a trade that mm-hmm. you know helps benefit them. Sacramento twenty five point five. Yeah. Uh, San Antonio forty three point five, which also Ooh. notes that they are not in the eights. The that would put them at number nine, wouldn't they? That number would ten. Uh, put them at number nine. Yeah, they're just outside of, which is what I said. Yeah, you did. Um, I don't know, man. I just think. <laughs> I just think we constantly doubt San Antonio every season, and I know the year's going to come, but I just think that team has a lot of talent to where they'll figure it out. I mean, they'll figure, you know, Aldridge will figure it out. DeRozan will figure it out. DeJounte Murray, I think I think he's due for a uh, – I think he's due to have a, a pretty good season next year. Um, so, And I think, you know, their, their rookie from last year, Derek White, I think he's going to surprise some people this year. So – I do get that, and I, I do. I, I but you got to understand, this team did what they did without Kawhi Leonard last year, also. You know, so it's not like yeah, it's completely true. different than what it was well, last year. Uh, Pop Pop finds a way to win with you know regular guys, mm-hmm. like I'm, and I put regular guys in quotation marks. Like I'm surprised people don't take that into account. You know, that last season they didn't have Kawhi at all, and they still were what the sixth seed or the fifth mm-hmm. seed, mm-hmm. Uh, and they had a chance to be as high as the third seed, I think. Yeah, uh, running down into the last few weeks. Uh, so a couple more left. Uh, Toronto at fifty four point five. If if Kawhi is healthy, uh, Utah at forty eight point five. Again, we still haven't seen Kawhi in <laughs> anything. Yeah. Uh, Utah how, at what forty eight point five? So they're tied with the Lakers uh-huh. uh, at forty eight point five, and then Washington at forty four point five. Sounds about. Yeah, sounds about right. So these were numbers were according to Westgate Las Vegas Superbook. But I can't believe we we didn't write this down, but we need to jump into it. I have to eat my words, and somehow Adam Silver was able to pull it off, and they brokered a deal with the MGM Resort Told you. to be the official betting place for the NBA. Now, now, what that translates into money, we don't know yet. Um, 
But yeah, I told you it was I happening. I want to say it was like a. Uh... Yeah, so I, I I didn't think anybody would cave into the NBA. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that he's not getting the one percent. Uh, but you know they're gonna uh, they're gonna be making some money. So they are, they are, and this is something that you know. So we talked about you know LeBron. I mean, not LeBron. Kevin Durant possibly you know going to the Thunder next season. Or not even just not even looking at that, just looking at the Thunder's tax bill, you know, looking at the Warriors' tax bill, and looking at you know all these other teams' their tax bills, mm. you know, they can have a a significant increase. Not necessarily looking at a 2016 increase where it goes up by 26 million or something like that, uh, but you may be looking at let's say a 10 million dollar boost, you know, in the salary cap, which boosts the luxury tax that much more. And so you may be looking at a situation where, regardless of the of the Thunder paying all these guys. You know, paying George thirty million, paying Westbrook forty, um, Stephen Adams twenty five, things of that nature. It doesn't matter. You know, we come out, we come out clean in the end, and then maybe even we have you know an exception here, an exception there that we can use to buy, you know, to to pay a player. That finagling of the money might be there. Yeah, exactly. And if, if there's somebody that's going to know how to finagle money, it's going to be Sam Presti. The scared money don't make none. <laughs> you know, so, um, so yeah, so I, I see that creeping into our future here soon as far as talking about money and as far as what these gambling what this gambling money will add to the pot um so we do have an instagram question and so uh, it comes from friend of the pod ryan rivera triple r o s c r r r o s c and he asks us so kind of looking at these vegas odds he asks us what would your criteria for a successful season be more wins or advance to the second round of the playoffs I think it's definitely got to be playoffs, right? It definitely has to be. Yeah, this I is a playoff team. I don't. I don't a... think wins are necessarily gonna. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw that last year. Uh, everywhere from three to like nine was within reach for several teams, mm-hmm. leading down to almost the last game of the regular season. So I think playoffs is what we're looking at. Uh, second round and further is what we're looking at too. And again, this is not a win all this year situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, in our opinion, in my opinion, I think this is a couple year process, but definitely second round or further. Yeah, I, I believe so. I, I think one equals the other. I think we do achieve more wins this season than we did last year, um, and I, I think with that, I think it gives us more of an advantage, like a home court advantage. Maybe we don't have to play a team like Utah. Utah was, you know, Utah was a great team. You know, they weren't necessarily star laden with you know a whole bunch of all stars. Um, but they were a great team, and so I think the great team took out the the team that was made up of individuals, which the Thunder were last year. I mean, the Thunder basically were a team made up of Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Carmelo Anthony, and by the playoffs, Carmelo Anthony wasn't really vibing with that team too much. And so, um, so yeah, so I, I think one does equal the other, so I think that the Thunder get more wins. They get a, a more favorable seeding. And so that helps them get to the second round of the playoffs. I think this team, like I said, you know, like we said last week, um, as far as success for the season, if everybody's healthy and things of that nature, either Western Conference or if you're talking about second round, you're probably talking about making a competitive series against the champion. Like of, a Golden State or Like Houston. a Golden State or Houston. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't even put Houston into that. Like I think Houston, we can battle with them, and I think we can beat them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I, I do think second round is dependent on who we play to be considered a, success, a successful season. I, I think Western Conference, 
finals or less, and it's not that successful. Yeah. Um, so a little bit of NBA news. So speaking of Houston, uh, so D'Antoni, Mike D'Antoni, their coach, said, I, at, I think at worst we're going to be great. Yeah, and I think he was responding into, in regards to Houston losing a couple free agencies and potentially adding Melo and stuff like Which that. Which they haven't added Melo yet. Yeah, so. but the the prospect of potentially adding Melo, but I think more specifically the loss of Trevor Ariza and Malbute. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, Mike D'Antoni being Mike D'Antoni, kind of giving that sarcasm like, you know, I think like, hey, pump the brakes, we'll be all right. Yeah, I, I think they're going to be a great regular season team like they always are. Um, I think... I think the defensive lapses will catch up to them in the playoffs eventually. Um, but, I, yeah, I think they're going to be a, a good regular season team, just like they were last season and the year before that. Yeah. I mean, uh, so Muscle Watch 2018, uh, Giannis and all his brothers, good Lord. they all look jacked. They are all swole. Like, if you looked at a picture of them from five years ago, they were all, like, skinny-armed and – you know, just skinny well, they, bean poles. Well, we know for a fact that Giannis, you know, went to bed sometimes hungry, didn't eat that mm-hmm. day, or only had one. They had one meal per day, and so you know his body reflected that. You know, fast forward to a couple yes. NBA lives, and this all of them are swole. Even the youngest one who looks yeah. young is still ripped. Yeah, that's uh that's that NBA money. That'll yeah, help you out. Please. That'll help you out a lot. I mean, now, your question is: Is he getting too big? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's true. You and, and it's not like he's like it doesn't. It's not like he looks like a bodybuilder, but you know, more muscle, more dense muscle for an NBA player is mm-hmm. not usually a great thing. Yeah. Um, you know, because especially for someone who's as fast as he is, as you know, he's called the Greek freak for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot more muscle adds a lot more weight. And so le- the question is, you know, is he is reaching at? I guess LeBron James is like the exception. But le- but let's not let's kind of put this out there also. They don't. There's a reason why NBA players look so jacked during the off season, because they they can dedicate a lot of their time to oh, yeah, that's true. a training program. During the season, they can't dedicate a whole bunch of time to to a training program that includes well, well, bodybuilding. I, I think during the season, it's more uh, you see them do more like yoga. It's more strength. It's and more conditioning and stretching. Yeah. and you know relaxing the muscles and letting it all. They, you know a lot of massages and stuff like that. Yeah, I think can't. it's more of that than it is weightlifting. Yeah, so that you, that's why you don't necessarily see muscle watch happening during the season is because these guys aren't lifting weights a lot of times during the season. But in the off season, when you when you're trying to put on that muscle, when you're trying to put on that weight, it looks like damn. You know these guys. Have to be taking something. Well, like, yeah. You think about Old Depot last year. Like, case in point, Old Depot last <laughs> year with this trainer. And now that you're saying that, I just had like the greatest mental image mm-hmm. of like Luol Deng going to on the <laughs> Lakers and just sitting in his driveway, like <laughs> doing, doing some doing hammer sit-ups. curls, <laughs> waiting for the Lakers to call. He's like, you know, I'm just here waiting, yeah. waiting to get that phone call. <laughs> <laughs> so to so I mean, just kind of off topic. That was a weird situation yesterday where... I mean, it basically boils down to him being salty that it took him three times to get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but I mean... That's what it boils down to, but... So you only get one opportunity to give your speech. I know he gave it He gave it at Chattanooga, He gave right? it at Chattanooga, yeah. And I, I understand that, okay, but I don't know. I just... 
Look, there was cameras still there. ESPN yeah, was. was still there. It was still showing on Sports Center that night. And we it, were all talking about it the next day. And uh, Ray Ray Lewis was being inducted, so we knew we didn't have to worry about time because we knew well, he would take. According up. to him, his speech was only twenty five minutes, and it actually ran thirty three minutes. Exactly. Long. <laughs> and the dude went like wireless microphone. He went like youth pastor at a revival. Oh yeah, I know. Like, like I, wireless microphone. Hold my jacket. I got you know. He was going like, like he he had the towel in his hand, dabbing the sweat <laughs> off of his off of his uh, forehead. He went, he went all, you know, youth revival pastor, you know. Um, so another muscle watch, have you seen Terrence Ferguson's kind of jacked on? I haven't. I so haven't. They, they have a picture of him kind of like doing a curl, and his biceps are just like jacked. Compare, you know, you know Terrence Ferguson yeah, was he, skinny. He looked season. like he needed a few plates of, uh, of arroyo habichuela, yeah. you know, some rice and beans. Yeah. But, yeah, like he, he, looked, he looked jacked too. So I'll have to check that out. I didn't see that. Yeah, so Terrence Ferguson, hey, hopefully he's starting to get his NBA body. Um, so apparently, you told me this. I mean, yes. I saw this on the internet, uh, but apparently Tristan and Draymond, so that little brouhaha that happened yes. in the finals, carried over into an ESPYs after party. So what, hap- what was first initially reported, and this is, of course, obviously like four weeks after the ESPY exactly. parties. That's the weird part. Uh, well, it was a LeBron James party, so I'm imagining there was no phones kind of situation, mm-hmm. and they tight-lipped about it. Uh, what was reported is that Tristan Thompson uh, basically fought – Draymond Green, you know, and at least what was initially reported was basically he attacked Draymond Green. So was it that like so from what I hear Draymond went to apologize to him? That the initial story was that Draymond Green went to apologize about what happened mm-hmm. and Tristan just sucker punched him. It's, it's, well at, at first it came out he fought him and then eventually turned into a sucker punch. Um The sucker punch came from the from, from the Warriors Thompson. from the Warriors media that yeah. said that he sucker punched so, him. So uh you know that showed some uh I guess and even on top of that, there really wasn't any sympathy for Draymond Green in all this situation. I mean, really? I mean, you, you really think there's going to be a whole bunch of sympathy for Draymond? I mean, you know, when somebody gets sucker punched, even uh, allegedly, whatever, but then as, as more days passed on, mm-hmm. more information came out, allegedly, and I'll, say, and I'll explain why I say allegedly, okay. but apparently uh, from the other sources – uh, so there were multiple parties that they were all at. LeBron was it was LeBron's parties. They were at multiple KD locations. Katie was there. Katie was there. Yeah. Draymond was there. Tristan was there. Uh, so apparently Tristan was riding. Or I'm sorry, Draymond was riding Tristan at the first spot, mm. making comments about Chloe and making you know oh, whatever. Snap. Uh, you know, allegedly, mm. and then it continued at the second spot. And at the second spot, that's when he had enough and mushed him in his face. Oh damn. Um, and then Draymond comes out on his Instagram, finally breaks the silence a couple days later. Uh-huh. And it was like, you know, it was hilarious looking at all these things. Y'all wrong, though. But, um, you know, it's funny watching y'all, whatever. And he's like, oh, so in this, uh-huh. uh, they're throwing a parade in Cleveland for Tristan Thompson. Yeah, I saw that. In honor of the Draymond Green fight. So then he comments. He's like, y'all can go ahead and cancel the parade. That never happened. He's like, I'll second that. Y'all keep the parade because I forgot LeBron James left. That's probably the last time y'all yeah, gonna have a parade. I saw that. That was kind of stupid. So, I mean, it's kind of a lose lose situation for Draymond Green at this point mm-hmm. because he can't be the dude who talks so much trash and then gets mushed in the face, but he can't also come out and be like, "Yeah, you know, I was I was riding him hard or whatever." And apparently, the other sources say that it, you know it was it wasn't just a one sided thing. You know, uh-huh. I guess which would make more sense. But in a lose lose situation for Draymond Green, you you either are the dude who talks trash and got suckered. Or you're the dude who talks trash, instigated a fight, and you're the guy that instigates a fight. Yeah. So 
it's kind of a lose lose situation for Draymond Green. But you know, it's a shame. It's a shame that in this in this time and age where everything is filmed. You know, yeah, we don't have footage of it. We this. don't have any footage yeah. of it at all, and it comes out like four weeks after it actually happened. Well, what's funny is that, you know, Draymond Green, remember when Charles Barkley said what he said? And he's like, you know, it's crazy that, you know, these dudes, when they see me outside, don't, you know, say these things to my face. Mm-hmm. Well, now we know Tristan Thompson is one of those dudes who's going to say it to your yeah, face outside. Yeah, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be funny whenever, uh, whenever they meet Allegedly. for the first time. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. All right, so uh, moving on. So Brandon Jennings got waived by the Bucks. I you thought know, it was an interesting move this late in the offseason. I thought so, too. And then I, I kind of looked at it, and I was like, man, you know, this is one of those moves that, say, you know, three weeks ago, you know, if Brandon Jennings gets waived, you're like, hmm, he'd be kind of interesting on the Thunder. But now, you know, we got Schroeder, we got Raymond Felton. You know, of course, we got Westbrook. You don't really care about him anymore. Yeah. Um, so uh, Jason Tatum working out with Kobe. And then Kobe wondering why the hell the Lakers didn't draft him at number two. Yeah. So apparently Kobe thinks that Jason Tatum reminds him a lot of a young Kobe. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, he's questioning why the Lakers didn't draft him at number two. And and the funny thing is, is that, you know, probably Magic and Genie had the same thought. Like, this is a young Kobe. And they didn't want, like, a part two of that. I I wonder if this is a kind of a shot at Lonzo. I... I think at this point it really wouldn't be because everybody has already said Jason Tatum is a better player than Lonzo, at least initially. Uh-huh. Uh, so for Kobe Bryant to say that at this point in time is not doesn't seem like much of a shot. Yeah. So I, I just I just I think it's a situation where Kobe sees a, a like a reflection of his younger self, uh-huh. and he's like, "Yo, the Lakers should have got that." Look, you know, like one of those situations where like they had me and look what we did. Yeah, no, no, I, I I saw that. Like when I saw that, the first thing I thought was, uh, was man, you know, it's like, it's it's a little bit. It sounds like a little bit of a shot at Lonzo Ball. Like you know, I don't think I don't think Kobe looks like I don't think Lonzo Ball would have worked on a Kobe led team. No, especially not with the whole Lavar situation. But I think mm-hmm. Lavar's kind of quieted down a little bit. Yeah, uh, no, he hasn't. He hasn't. No, he was he was literally uh, a couple days ago. Uh, standing in front of the Michael Jordan statue in the uh, in Chicago, in Chicago, uh, calling Michael out on a one, you know, to play him one on one. Standing gosh. in front of his statue, still calling him out. He's That's, like, "I'm in Chicago. I went to your restaurant. I'm in front of your statue. I'm still waiting for you. You ain't nowhere to be found. I've been here all day." Oh my gosh! Yeah, no, he no, he's still he's still he's still at it. So I could definitely see Kobe saying. You guys drafted the wrong guy. No, Kobe would be that dude that would show up and beat him one-on-one, make sure the world knew about it, and then told him to shut up and sit down in the corner. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And then, you know, and LeVar would probably be like, oh, this was just for, char- for charity. Just for you charity. Know? You know, never lost. Whatever. All right, so, uh, so a little, kind of switching it up a little bit, so a little WNBA news. Uh, so, you, so this incident where the, uh, the Las Vegas Aces were, fi- were fighting – were playing the Washington Mystics. They were supposed to be playing the Washington Mystics. So they were traveling to D.C. And so... Situations out of their control basically took them 24 hours to get from Las Vegas to so, Washington. So it has to be said that WNBA players fly commercially. They do not fly private, you know, privately chartered aircraft or anything like that. They fly commercially. And so 
I just had an incident, so you know I flew out to. Well, before we get there, nobody cares about my story. No, go no, ahead, no, man. No, no, no. <laughs> Let me set up what right, happened so that you can so, that your, so your story can better explain that. Uh, so they arrived there with a few hours before tip off, mm-hmm. and then basically decided that they were not going to play the game. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. So they had a whole bunch of stuff happen. So right. basically, stuff that they couldn't control. They took them forever to get there. Mm-hmm. They were they weren't sure if their equipment would get there. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the situations, and so they didn't want to injure themselves. So they basically said that they were not going to show up to the game. Which most times, if you say you're not going to play a game that's scheduled supposed to be played, is a forfeit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what's interesting is that they don't believe they forfeited. Yeah. And the league has yet to comment on the situation. Now explain your story. So my story is, so I was traveling for work a week ago, and so I arrived into Dallas at 11 a.m., and I was supposed to leave out at 2 p.m. to my, you know, my connecting flight. And so the connecting flight got changed to 4, got changed to 5, and eventually got canceled. So I had to call the airlines and be like, look, this happened, and they're saying that the flight that I'm supposed to catch now won't get me into my next airport in time to catch the connecting flight there. So what are we going to do? They're like, look, we got a flight directly to that area that you need to go to, but it leaves out at 9. So I was in the airport literally from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m., and then I arrived to my destination at 1 1 a.m. to get a, a rental car to drive to my hotel. You think... After waiting that long in a, in a, in an airport, you know, ten hours, sitting on a four hour flight, getting into my destination at one a.m. to go to my hotel and be my hotel at at two thirty a.m. Let's say let's say I arrive. Let's say I wake up. Let's say I get to Dallas at six a.m. and I don't leave out leave out till four p.m. and I arrive to my destination and I have a game at eight p.m. You think I'm gonna play? Heck no, I'm not going to play, man. I mean, so here's how I look at it. On the one hand, I understand, like, the potential injury concerns. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, uh, we've seen situations. And uh, granted, I understand that this this was out of your control. This was nothing that you could control. You did nothing wrong in the situation. But if you got there with four or five hours left, we've seen NBA teams get in at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning to then play a game later on that night. Uh, But that's what you're saying. Here's my thing. Show up. And I wouldn't be mad at you if you show up and you just kind of mail it in. I, I mean, I don't think so, man. I mean, look. I'm looking at it as, as like, okay, so the fans, you know, people paid their money. They were already in the arena. So Washington did their best. They put out uh, tables out there. They had their, play, their players, you know, sign autographs. They gave everybody that was there uh, a mm-hmm. ticket to come to another Washington Mystics game. Uh, so Washington did their best that they could to appease their fans, mm-hmm. you know, considering the situation. But – uh, you know, I I still think you got to kind of show up. At, you know, stuff so. happens, I don't and think so. I think I think this is a situation where the league looks at it and learns from their mistake and like, all right, what can we do to yeah. better improve the situation? How could we have handled this better? How would the logistics and the economics of having chartered flights exactly? You know, but yeah, I mean, so after that day, if I were to you know if I were to arrive into you know I, I flew into an East Coast destination, if I were to go there and say, hey, I had a game in you know six hours. I was dead dog tired, man. I was tired. Like, you don't realize the amount of tiredness that brews up whenever you're bored in an airport. Like, you just, you're, you're just tired. Like, it's just like, I hate this life. You know, <laughs> that's basically how I was in the airport. Like, oh, my gosh, really? Um, so, yeah, and apparently, so, you know, you have a team. So a team of 12 to 15. I don't know how many is on a, on a WNBA roster. Of course, you have your coaches. You have all these people. 
and you usually book it for all of them being together. And so whenever their flights got canceled or whatever, they had to go individually. So you had to maybe get pockets of like two or three players on one plane, pockets of two or three players on another plane. And so... You also talk about a lot of equipment, shoes, jerseys. So I could see how like, regardless of whether you get there four hours before the game, if you don't know that your stuff is coming in, if you don't know, you're going to be like, you know what? My mind is somewhere else. I don't know. I just think... I just think in professional sports, travel should be something that this stuff doesn't happen too much. And I know it's, it, it, wasn't, it was out of their control, but I think if you, you, know, if you invest in charting planes instead of commercial travel. Yeah, but you, uh, see, I, don't, w, I don't think WNBA is making WNBA enough is money. The WNBA is in a situation where they don't make a whole lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so some of these and, – and, and it's kind of unfortunate – because yeah. there are some really great WNBA players, and with that, I think they're having their best season this year, and they're yeah, in a you, long time. You know, they're having a really good season, so you know it's kind of unfortunate, and the economics might not be there. And I don't think, and I look at this not as a men's sport versus women's sport. Mm-hmm. I just look at it as the the money's not there in the WNBA yeah. that is in the NBA. So it's it's illogical for me to think that they. Uh, we are spending the same amount of NBA money in the WNBA because the economics is not there, right? Yeah, After up. all, it's a business. I understand that. But I, I, I do honestly wish that they would invest a little bit more money. Mm-hmm. And, of yeah. course, I say this as somebody who doesn't have the money to throw in there. You Scared know I mean? money don't make none. Yeah, to invest a little bit more money and maybe <laughs> figure out a way where we can make this more yeah. profitable and or more Well, to where like, situations like this don't happen. Yeah, yeah you know, like, exactly. Like you're having probably your best season in a long time, and then you have this you know situation that it's not really that big of a deal, but to those people that bought tickets to that game, it is a big deal to them. Um, so yeah, so I, I do see that. Um, so Memphis, back to the NBA. Um, so Memphis released some new jerseys and a new yeah, so court layout for their court. The, the court layout was the biggest change. The mm-hmm. jerseys themselves relatively not too much different it seems like a lot of the changes that are coming out this season are like lettering styles patterns mm. and stuff like that um outside of uh the nuggets i think they had big you know jersey yeah, changes true, yeah. uh but the lakers jersey and the memphis jerseys they're more minute things little things here and there key details mm. but then and i was just thinking about that like i don't think i'm going to be very happy if every year there's a tweak to the jersey yeah because then like you know, your jersey that you had from the year before is no longer the same jersey. that, Like the Lakers, the jerseys that they wore last year and this year, relatively in the color scheme, they got rid of the black ones and mm-hmm. now they replaced them with the white ones um, again. But the, the lettering is different. You know, you go back to your old showtime. You know, it's like I, I think I think there has to be some continuity, some some sort uh, of tradition. That carries on. Well, you got to find like your one pattern and stick to it. Of course, this is only year two of the Nike deal. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully by year two, they figured out the situations that most are the same. The mm-hmm. only thing that maybe changes is like that fourth alternate jersey or whatever. Yeah. You know, maybe that changes every couple of years or something like that. But I would like to see, like, you know, once they kind of find their, their home three mm-hmm. and then keep it that way. Yeah. Like, I, I, like, I like the statement jerseys, I like the city jerseys uh, from last season. I don't want to see those go. I would like to see the orange jerseys come back, though. I, I'd like to see the sunset jersey somehow come back. Or a black jersey. Yeah. Okay, now you're convincing me to go ahead and kick out some. That, I mean, like, you can't have eight jerseys. Well, no, I mean, but you know? so you have, we have the blue one, we have the white one. 
We have the gray ones. That's the, the city. Yeah. What was the fourth jersey that we wore? It was last the year? statement, the blue and the orange and the one that said OKC. And the OKC oh, was broken yeah, up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I do like those. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, screw it. We'll wear five jerseys. <laughs> yeah, there we go. All right. So uh, so Sam Decker got traded to the uh, from the Clippers to the Cavs. Yeah. A guy that was basically on the verge of being cut from the Clippers, too. Oh, yeah. Was he? Yeah. So, I mean, like, it's his fourth team in three years or something like that, or mm. third team in four years. So the, yeah, Cleveland, for being Cleveland like would a be number his, eighteen pick, yeah, Cleveland is, would be his third team you know, in four seasons. Apparently, he's a, a guy that needs to like mature basketball wise. Well, I know he had that back injury his rookie year, but so he had that. I mean, and he can't. He looked pretty good, like Houston, and then I don't know how he looked last year with the Clippers, but he's going to the Cavs. He's got he's, he's got opportunity like, to play. It's not like he's you know fighting for his position on the on the yeah. On the we'll roster. see. We'll see. Um, so. <laughs> so LeBron opened up a school uh, this past week, and were you going to play something? I was going to, you know, drop like a like NBC News or something. Nah, this, nah, is, this isn't it. news. So, so LeBron did open up a school. He opened up his his I the promise, promise public, yeah, public, public school. school. And hey, good that's for that's great. Good, that's great, man. That's the one thing about LeBron that I have no criticism about mm-hmm. is the fact that he is probably the most generous man or the most that does for his for his community yeah um that i've seen in my generation i mean look like like here like i like lebron a lot more than you do i know you i know you think he does a lot it's of, not that i dislike uh, LeBron. No, no, but I, I think you, you say that he does a lot of things for himself no that it's the antics that i don't like that like draws attention to him more than he already needs like the yeah. attention's gonna be on you it's all right for like a hot second if you know, the focus shifts from you and comes back to you. Mm. Like, my thing with, with LeBron is I always look for guys of, of character. And I say that with a grain of salt also because you never know what's going on behind closed doors either. Mm-hmm. You never know. So I look at LeBron and I see, you know, he married his high school sweetheart. He has three kids by the same, you know, by the same woman. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't have he that a, we know of kids anywhere right. else type thing. Has a successful business. And he took his friends and he kind of helped them, boosted them to become their own men, basically, in business. You know, Rich Paul is one of his guys uh, that grew up with him. And so you have a couple other guys within his circle that they're not just hanger-ons. They're not just posse. You know, they're they're guys that no, are doing guys their that own thing. Like, have developed in their own area. Yeah. And, you know, and become experts in their own area. And so, you know, I've always applauded him for that. I've always applauded him for being a man of character type thing. Um, and as far as recently, he's become he's become the spokesman of athletes in this generation within the past five seasons, five years, I think. Um, he's definitely become a spokesman for the league. Um, but I also think he's a spokesman for sports in general. Um, and so, so LeBron has opened up the school. And so, uh, so about he, the school, so yeah. uh, real quick about the school. Um, so it's a public school. It's not a charter school. It's not a private school. It's a public school. Um, and so the kids that go there, number one, they're at-risk youth to begin with, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so they get basically everything they need. So they're going to get uh, uniforms, uh, supplies. Mm-hmm. Every, and right now it's just going to be third and fourth grade, and then eventually it will be – all the way up. Yeah, but as as these kids go through school, 
um, whenever they graduate. If they graduate, they will get tuition to Akron University. Is it just Akron or is it any school? I thought it said Akron University. Regardless, it's a university. Yeah. You know, so regardless, it's a university. So again, so this is somebody that is taking the money that he's making, pumping it into his community, which Akron, for the most part, is not really, it's not really necessarily a, you know, a rich area. Um, you know, Ohio itself is not really that, you know, it's, a, it's the Rust Belt States type thing. Um, so it's not really a rich area to begin with. Um, so he's pumping this money back into his community and he's he's planting a seed. You know, he's he's planting a seed. He's making an investment. First of all, that public school looks amazing, better than any private school yeah. on earth. And it again, to think it's a public school mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, he's reaching out. I would imagine he's reaching out into an area that he sees as a big need exactly. in his community, especially given his background. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, he gave a very heartfelt speech about opening it up, you know, opening up opening up a school like that based off of what he faced when he was growing up. Right. Um, so, yeah, so you put all this into a package and you say, you know, great job, LeBron. This is what you did. Uh, so, of course, LeBron gets interviewed by people for opening this school. One of the people that he gets interviewed from by is CNN's well, yeah Don Lemon Don Lemon yeah. which Don Lemon is is he he does a great job at his job also right you know Don Lemon's one of those dudes like one of those the big names in CNN mm-hmm. and when I watch CNN he's he's probably one of the guys that I watch on there yeah um, because I just I'm not a fan of there's only so much of the world news that I can listen to before it just mm-hmm. gets like depressing. Yeah, you listen to like Wolf Blitzer, you yeah, listen to like, just, you know, Anderson Cooper and listen, they're great in their, you know, in their in in what they do, they're great also. And listen, news itself is depressing as yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, as far as far as what, you know, the things that they focus on in news. So even Don Lemon sometimes, Don Lemon, they kind of bring him on when it comes to like African American injustice type pieces and things, well, you know, I whenever mean, that's happening. And of course he, you know, he has he is African American. He has so. a different outlook than say like right. Anderson Cooper or maybe right. a Wolf Blitzer or somebody like that. Um, so they always bring him on when it comes to, you know, especially when the uh, the oh, what's that? Not Joplin. What's what's the city in Missouri that had all those riots? Whenever Michael Brown um, got killed, was it Joplin? Was it? Uh, I think it was Joplin. It might have been Joplin. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so he, you know, he talked a lot during that time, and he was, you know, very heavily involved in that. And of course, you know, I'm sorry, well, but let's, it, let's, in this world. You know, if, if you're if you are an African American that's succeeding at something, there usually is you got a lot of some haters. pushback. You know, you from somewhere. Um, so go ahead. So let's set it up. So uh, LeBron James was answering a question specifically asked to him mm-hmm. about the president of the United States. Yes. To which he responded, he thinks that the president uh, is using sports to divide the nation. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a shot at the president, but it was kind of like a parting shot. He's just answering the question specifically mm-hmm. as to him. Doesn't name him by name. It's not, you yeah. know, he's not directly attacking him. Now, we do know that the president is not a fan of CNN. He thinks CNN Number is one. A fake news. Nope. Uh, he has actively thrown out CNN reporter Jim, Jake, uh, Jake Acosta, Acosta yeah. or Jim Acosta from the White House press briefings and stuff like that. So he is not a fan of CNN. So in response, a couple days later, mm-hmm. Um, at real Donald Trump tweeted out, LeBron James was just interviewed by the dumbest man on television, Don Lemon. He made LeBron look smart, which isn't e- easy to do. I like Mike exclamation point. And that was August 3rd at 1037 p.m., which yeah. which, as you know, started a firestorm. So, I mean, to break that down, first of all, uh, again, Don Lemon is African-American. LeBron James, of LeBron course. LeBron James is, of course, African-American. 
and you hate CNN and you just call this guy the dumbest man on television. Right. Let's stop there. Okay. He may not have meant it racially. He mm. could just literally, you know, he hates CNN and just, but of course that's one perspective. You got to look at it, right? Mm. People are going to think, you know, uh, an African-American guy interviewing another African-American guy. And then he called the president calls him the dumbest man on the, on television. You, you go there, right? The optics don't look the, exactly. The optics don't look good, especially when, especially when you're seen as a racist to begin with, you know, Donald Trump, let's just say it, it seemed like a racist to begin with. And so you put that out there, you put that tweet out there. It just seems like you are questioning somebody's intelligence based on his race. Well, he I, it, then he goes on to say he made LeBron look smart, with his, which isn't easy to do. So he takes a direct shot at LeBron, at LeBron James, saying he's dumb. that he's dumb. And this isn't the first time because I, I want to say that uh, a couple of weeks ago they questioned LeBron James because he never went to college or the well, fact that, that he's Laura, never gone. Laura Ingram, right? Yeah. Which is on Fox News, of course. Which is uh, the president's uh, favorite news network, mm-hmm. uh, which is also a network that's favorable to that side of, um, you know, it is what it is, right? So there's already that they question, you know, how smart this man is because he never went to college, and then you you directly imply that he is dumb. Yeah. And then on top of that, you want to imply that you favor Michael Jordan. He says, I like Mike. We assume that he's talking about Michael Jordan yep. over the whole of Michael Jordan and LeBron debate. Uh, so what I find funny was that Michael Jordan, in response to this question, he was asked about that. He says, I support LJ. I like everything he's doing for his community. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing about Mike. I mean, Mike, I'm pretty sure, has done a lot for communities throughout the united states well just recently he uh he is he announced um eight million dollars worth of scholarships mm-hmm. uh via unc right i don't know through but i know he announced like eight million dollars he's donating like up to eight million dollars worth of money for scholarships and stuff through like jordan that. brand there we go yeah it's yeah. through jordan brand yeah. um but yeah like the thing with michael jordan is in the african-american community um they love michael jordan but they've always questioned why Jordan wasn't they, a louder voice for their issues. And they tend to criticize him for not necessarily doing as much for the community yeah, that, that they, they say, thought he should be doing. That they say basically Michael Jordan just looks out for himself. Right. And so to Michael Jordan, you know, in the past, he said, hey, Republicans buy Jordans too. You know, and so in that political climate, that kind of just, you know, slid under the rug. You bring something like that to this political climate, and so he's viewed as maybe not black enough type thing. Um, So when it comes to Donald Trump, I I do want to say, when it comes to Donald Trump in sports, number one, I I don't want the president of the United States caring about what one man says about him. You know, yes, this, this this man does have a huge influence on the sports world. I need you worrying about other things you would think that the uh, the position of the president of the united states comes with a level of understanding that you're going to have to uh take criticism you're gonna have rightly or wrongly <laughs> and uh, just kind of let that roll off your back right yeah and then you know there will be time and place where you to pick your spots and you know defend yourself against the criticism and stuff like that but for the most part you, you know you're there's going to be days where they're just going to talk about you and you just kind of have to let that roll off your back I just, that hasn't been the case with this I, president i still can't believe that we have a president that communicates through twitter 
I still cannot believe that. Like, I, I understand that the the communication as far as this day and age is different than it was. It's crazy let's that say, they allow him to have a phone. Let's say four years ago. You know, let's say, yeah. you know, whenever in, Bar- in Barack's last term, it's completely different. I do understand that. But the fact that nobody says anything to him, the fact that his own team doesn't, the fact that he doesn't have somebody writing the tweets for him and saying, uh, that's not a good idea to put that out, or that doesn't look good, or the optics of that don't look good, um, it just baffles my mind that we, we still have this issue. Okay? That's number one. Okay. When it comes to sports, um, so yes, it is a very, it is a, div- a dividing factor um, and I do think race plays a lot into it. Case in point, the NFL. Case in point, the NFL. Case in point, the NBA. Case in point, you know, you don't hear too much about baseball. You don't hear too much about the NHL. You know, baseball, number one, I mean, I'm not saying it has, it has predominantly white players. It's predominantly but, Latin American. But it's not predominantly black. Yeah. I can tell you that much. Yeah. You know, the NFL, the NBA, he talks a lot of mess about the NFL as a league. He talks a lot of mess about the NBA the players and so you know not visiting the white house kind of like the right the tit for the tit for tat and yes it is a hot button issue and it is a racial issue and so his base i'm sorry they're okay with separating the races and they're okay with the president getting into a twitter fight or you know commenting on an athlete who says something about him guess what that happens all the time every Every president has had their haters, per se. You know, regardless of who it is, Barack had his haters, you know, Bush had his haters, Clinton had his haters. You know, every president has had the people that do not like them, do not like their style, uh, do not like how they lead the country. But to have somebody basically respond to everybody that, ma- that criticizes him, that's a big name. That's just, so, that's just ridiculous. Let's go back to what you said. I think he has people there. I just don't think he cares. <laughs> I don't think he cares what those people say. Uh, in my mind, in my opinion, uh, he thinks that he's kind of bigger than anything else. That you know, there's no topic out of bounds. One, uh, so two, I find this interesting because mm-hmm. we know that he has legitimately, vehemently, has been throwing cannon fodder at the NFL and basically dominating uh, the NFL narrative, the narrative, yeah. and making the NFL bend to his will. Uh, and somehow the NFL keeps getting in their own way and mm-hmm. not just kind of putting this to bed and letting it like the fall e- under the, the EA scale. thing, the EA um, where the EA Madden- Sports, the Madden 19, they edited out a, a young a YG's song that referenced Colin Kaepernick in passing. It wasn't even like a direct reference, and they bleeped it out. And, and they, they mean, oh, I'm sorry, that was that was our no, that was the NFL. That was Roger Goodell saying, hey, if you're going to release this game, you have this this verse in there. You need to go ahead and bleep out that song. Did they really think that nobody was going to catch on? Well, here's the thing. Apparently, they did it last year too, in a different calling and a different reference to Colin Kaepernick in last year's uh, 2018 song that they uh, bleeped out his name, and then they bleeped it out in a way that made it seem like he was saying something bad. That you know what I mean? So I, th- I think that's <laughs> a bad look on EA Sports. Like, it's a bad look on EA. It's a yeah, bad look it's, on it's like uh, nobody has like approving authority of songs. Just don't Goodell. use the song. It's a bad look on Goodell. I don't think it's a bad look on Goodell. I don't I think so. He I takes another L. This is stupid. For what? I don't think Goodell had anything. Any? I don't think Goodell. You don't think Goodell had any? No. In this situation, hmm. I don't think Goodell had any any 
any input in like I don't think Goodell remember, comes up and says like hey. remember the power of the of the NFL remember whenever but ESPN had that show I forgot uh, was it um, Playmakers or something like that uh-huh. you remember that show yeah, that yeah. came on ESPN yeah, yeah. where ESPN tried to do you know a uh, a uh, a drama series yeah. based off of NFL players you know and uh, it was too realistic the things that they were doing on there were too realistic and the NFL basically said look either you take this show off. Or we're not going to sign with you in the next TV deal. And guess what? That's that that show lasted one season. But here's the difference. and it was a pretty good show. Here's the difference: the, is the NFL currently in a lawsuit with Colin Kaepernick? Yes. And the lawsuit is in regards to what? Uh, collusion. Collusion. Yeah. Goodell getting involved with the EA and telling him not to put him in there is like a smoking gun for collusion. That's why I don't think he had anything to do with it. If you're in court, the last thing whether you want it's is official, evidence. Whether it's official or not. I don't think he had anything to do with I it. I think he did. I don't think he did. I think that was strictly on EA. I think somebody at EA was like. I think that's stupid then. Why would EA want to do that? Well, here's why. I think EA was like, all right, we're producing these games. We have a contract with them. Let's watch out for them. Mm. I think somebody at EA took that upon himself. I don't think Goodell had anything to do with that. Uh, but I digress back to the point. Um you, the one league that you don't want to get into a fight with is the NBA. No. Because the NBA is a league that has been on the forefront of uh, change and diversity and supporting these NBA players in their um, outreach programs and stuff like that. And they have their players' backs. And the one guy leading that charge, the one that's in front of everything, as far as right now, is LeBron James. Yeah, and that's the one guy. And he's, I mean, he's called him dumb. He's called the president dumb before him, and the president never responded to mm-hmm. that. Exactly. So this is, I think this is the one fight that, that he could lose. And I mean, and the funny thing about this, the, 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 the backdoor thing that was funny about this is when he put that out, guess what state he was visiting the next day? Oh, Ohio. Ohio. And then I saw an article that said Melania's opening open to the idea of visiting the promise school, the I promise school. Yeah, that's I mean, the, the president, for as much as we as much as he seems like he doesn't know what he's doing, he knows exactly what oh, he's he, doing. Yeah, he's he a kn- very he's very intelligent when it comes to the optics of everything. Um, and so, you know, just let it be known that I doubt if he was going to if he was going to Ohio if he was not going to Ohio, he would not have spoken anything about yeah, if LeBron. If he was James. going to California, I doubt he was. Well, maybe no California, yeah, because that's LeBron. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, yeah. If he was going to Montana, yeah. he wouldn't have said anything about yeah, LeBron yeah. James. But uh, you know, I, I, I just uh, he would have said it about Josh let, Houston. Let's say, let's say that uh, the president is a professional, a calculated Twitter troll. Oh yeah, I can see that. Oh. Uh, and it's just it's 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 to the point where it's sad because we have um, something that is as great, and we're not talking about a, again. It's not a private school; it is a public school mm-hmm. that's going to be open to a particular market that's yeah. underserved. It's something that Betty DeVos would not like. Yeah, know. he. I saw a tweet that said that uh, LeBron James has done more for education than Betty DeVos has done since she became yeah. the uh, you know secretary of uh, Department of Education. Mm-hmm. So it's just sad that that's marred. By such a ridiculous, controversial statement on a person's intelligence, like, like it should be like this is something that should like in the next State of the Union address, 
Like this is something you should be saying. Hey, this more is, athletes should be you doing should this. You should rally your people around exactly. This. More athletes should be doing this. More athletes should be going to their communities. Which, let's be honest, a lot of athletes don't come from Beverly Hills. A lot of athletes don't come from you know nine hundred two one zero or or. or the Silicon they didn't Valley all go or anything to like private that. Schools. Exactly. Yeah. They didn't all go to. Some of them come from the poorest of the poor, and guess what? Some of them rise above all that, and they make it out of out of that, you know, out of that city, out of those cities, out of those towns, and they go to the top of the top of their sport. Why aren't more athletes doing this? this you could, know, this would be something that should be a rallying cry. Like you said, for the State of the Union address, this could be a situation where you could take this, point him out, and be like, you know, you want better education. You want better things for your children and all of this. You know, I, the government can't do this on its own. We need your help. Mm-hmm. We need athletes' help to remember where they came from, to remember the things that they struggle with and make it better. Yeah. This is a rallying cry. This literally like an uh, an uh, an uh, ability to, to have one of these campaign fundraising things and draw money in using this example. Yeah. And instead, it's a situation where the, the line is drawn in the sand. And, of course uh, – Either LeBron James is either not going to respond to it because I'm sure he's going to be asked about it, or he's going to take the high road, right? Or he's going to respond to it. Or yeah, yeah, but he's going to respond. To, I think he's if he responds to it, it'll be in a way where uh, he says thing. something to him in passing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. So we talked about last podcast. We talked about you know these these athletes. They make millions and millions and millions of dollars mm-hmm. to the point where. Hey, you can live wherever you, you can live wherever you want to work, and then you can live wherever you want in the off season. Mm-hmm. You can change the weather, do whatever. Okay, these athletes, at least the top echelon, they make so much money that they don't necessarily have to worry too much about backlash from, say, a Donald Trump or backlash from, you know, anything political. Um, to the point where LeBron James will respond. He doesn't have to worry about, like, he doesn't have to be worried like maybe Michael Jordan was in the, in the 90s, where if he says the wrong thing, maybe, it, maybe the people that kind of backed him and kind of helped him out don't back him and help him out, you know, after that. Yeah, to a certain extent, I agree with you. But I also think that, like, looking past his NBA future, LeBron is trying to break into the entertainment market and some company stuff like that. And that can kind of tend to be a, like a boys club as well. So Very democratic. It, it could be. For the most part, I don't know. Entertainment is not very Republican. I'm sorry. Uh, entertainers are not very Republican. We don't know about the people making the sh- calling the shots. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Yeah, the, the money makers, the, yeah. the money holders, the string pullers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll give you that. But yeah, so, so you got anything else? I mean, I I don't. I, I mean, say, I, I literally think that we could continue on with this because <laughs> it, is, it is something that we're both kind of passionate about. Yeah. It is something that is affecting our country. Um, but I, I don't necessarily think that, you know, sometimes whenever things of the world and sports meld together, you know, I, I do think it has to be spoken about, it has to be talked about. Um, but like I said, we could probably spend another two hours on this. Yeah. Um, I, so, I want to say that, again, uh, I'm very – proud of what lebron is doing for his town in akron i'm Mm -hmm. very proud of that school i hope that school does well i hope we see more schools like that popping out all over the country i hope this education system as a whole gets uplifted by this um and i hope that we eventually get back to a place where uh there's a certain level of respect held for individual offices and uh we just as the world get to a place where we can respect each other and agree to disagree that's all i'm gonna say 
on that note, I completely agree 100%. Um, and uh, I'll leave you guys with that. Um, you guys take care. Um, it's getting kind of uh, as far as the NBA news. We should be getting the schedule release here soon. Like, it should be pretty so, quickly, yeah. Uh, we've already kind of heard that. The okay. Thunder should be opening the season against yeah, the Warriors. So the rumor out there, and I Crap, believe we it should was, have talked about this earlier. But uh, the sneaker reporter uh-huh. was the, I noticed it on his feed. Yeah, his uh, his he, mentor his, Gary yeah, Washburn mentor, uh, uh, heard rumblings that uh, as part of the TNT doubleheader for opening night that the Warriors uh, could be facing the Thunder in Game One. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan. Why not? Because I would rather see it later on in the season, like Christmas time or Thanksgiving time, uh-huh. where both teams have had worked out their kinks. Remember, I mean, they're both Western Conference teams, so they could pay they could play each other four times. Yeah, but they usually don't pay each other till, uh, you know, December, and then the rest of the games later on. So. I think watching, I think the camera is going to be more on Westbrook during the ring ceremony than it is going to be on anybody else. <laughs> no, I, I honestly think yeah, so, and I would, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I want that to fuel him. I want that to to just fuel. He's already a beast. I want that to fuel the the mega beast that's in like him. Like take him to the next level. Oh yes, I I, I want to see that, and I want to see his reaction, and I want to see, I, I just want to see that build inside of him. That damn it, I want this. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to I want to get a ring, and just see where it goes from there. That could be probably the most, as far as, you know, as far as the thing that fuels you, that fuels him, yeah. that galvanizes him. I think something like that. Yeah, I, I, could see, I guess I could see that. I didn't think about like the ring ceremony and all that. Oh, other yeah. Stuff. It's going to yeah. be right in front of his face. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I, I could see that. You know, Kevin Durant's going to be getting his second ring right in front of his face. Yeah. yeah. Steph Curry's going to get his third ring right in front of his face. I, I, yeah, I guess I could see that. Oh, man. You know, the, the fuel, the, the, the fire that's going to burn inside of him seeing that, it's not something that you can produce in anything else. I also don't want the first game to be a 930 game central time. Ah, uh, sorry. <laughs> it looks like it's gonna be no, but usually it's usually a nine. It's, it, I think those ring ceremony games usually like a like an eight thirty tip off for us, so it's six thirty over there. Yeah, but if it's the second game of a double header, it's gonna be unless a- the Eastern Conference game started at six for our time. Oh well, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So with that, we'll leave you. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, make sure that you uh, you leave us a, a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps us out as far as our, the rating of our podcast and where it ends up on their list. Um, and with that said, you know, continue to thunder up. Check us out next week, and we will see you guys then. Have a good one. All right. Three on one for the thunder. Past month. I mean, he's been big time for the past month. Where you been at?